car repair, the nightmare of the Western world. You don't know the difference between the catalytic converter and the powertrain, the carburetor and the camshaft. You've been ripped off endlessly by unscrupulous mechanics who've charged hundreds or thousands of dollars. You're sick of feeling like a complete idiot, and you just don't want to take it or pay for it anymore. Well, your life's about to change. Meet Pam Oaks, ASE certified and top-notch auto technician host, shop owner, and author of Car Care for the Clueless, or How to Make Money While Maintaining a Vehicle. She'll answer your questions and teach you how to talk car talk. Get under the hood right now with Pam. And welcome back to another episode. This week we're going to be talking to ASE L1 technician, Jimmy Shoemaker, and we're going to be discussing what the consumer needs to know and how that knowledge is going to protect themselves from being taken at unscrupulous shops. Now I want you to remember that all shops are not unscrupulous, but unfortunately there's one or two that spoils the bunch. And we want for you to recognize what their MO is. Also on the agenda, we're going to have an email from Jeffrey. He's got a VW and he's having some issues. We're going to have our gadget guru back, Peter Sudak, with a gadget for our vehicle. Remember, now we are into the fall season. And he's got a few tips and tidbits for you to help make the transition from summer to winter a little easier for you and your car. Also, we have our trouble service bulletins. This week, we're going to be concentrating on a recall for Hyundai from 2006 to 2008, and this is for the airbag system. That is a safety restraint, that little bag that blows out of the dash. If you happen to be unfortunate and get into an accident, will save your life. And we have a campaign for Mazda on their Mazda 3-speed, their Mazda 6, their Mazda CX-7, and this is all regarding fuel consumption or how the fuel is going through your car faster than it should. And they have a fix for it just for you. And I'd like to thank our sponsor, Jasper Engine and Transmissions, 100% associate owned. If you need an engine or a transmission, my recommendation is Jasper. I put them in my customers' cars. If my mom needed one, I'd put it in her car. It's a good quality product. So if you are ever in that position that you need an engine or transmission replacement, ask for Jasper. So let's get on with our program and give Jimmy a call. Hey, Jim, how you doing? I am good. How are you? Good. Very well. This week we're talking about what the customer really needs to tell the service writer or technician to have a successful repair and experience at an automotive shop. Oh, great. So you've been doing this for decades along with the rest of us, and um, I'd like you to throw your two cents in. Uh, From my experience, most customers are scared to talk to the reps and also to the technicians, and I don't understand why, but the more information that we can get, the quicker we can make a diagnostic and a repair on their vehicle, which in turn saves money. That's very true. Why would you think that? Because I see that too sometimes. It's like they don't want to give the information out. I don't know, but if if they could uh, make a checklist before they come to see us, Uh that way when they come in they they would be prepared to answer questions that uh, could actually lead to a quicker and less expensive repair, especially in diagnostics. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, and going off the premise that they are afraid to talk, how do you think we uh, could put them at ease? 
the best way to do it is build a good rapport with the, with the customer. And, and, and you have to have their trust. Right. The way that we can do that is to be as honest and open as possible and also provide as much information back as we possibly can. The more informed the customer is, the more at ease and the, and, and the, the more information that you can get from them. You can actually save, your, save their parts and show them to them, explain to them how they work. And a lot of times the customer can really help you. That's very, very true. You know, we have actually one example I'm going to give you that I have a customer coming in. Actually, his parents are customer of ours, and he's coming in Thursday to talk about his horror story from another shop. And, you know, we don't like to hear that because, you know, we're a proud industry, and unfortunately, one or two apples spoils the rest of the bunch. We just want to try to avoid this, you know, reoccurring for him because now he's really gun shy. Well, you, you know. and understandably, and understandably, you can see why. But that's a very good point as well. Uh, the customer, if they can, if they have the records of the repairs that have been done on their vehicles in the past, the maintenance and any repair, that can also help lead to a diagnosis. That's true, and you know he's bringing his in, but still, you know, we got this gun shy person in here, and he needs to open up. So well, that's. That's where it's up to the service provider to truly uh, spend some time and talk to him and put him at ease and let him understand that, you know, we are there to help him and to repair his vehicle as um, professionally as possible. Right. Well, you know, in this case and what he has conveyed to me over the phone, he should have gotten a second opinion a long time ago because how I understand it, when he's coming in, there are going to be quite a few invoices for quite a few repairs and he still has the same symptom and problem with his vehicle. That doesn't show our, our industry in a, in a positive light. And that's the reason why when, when customers call me, I always try to give them as much information as possible. Even if they just want to ask questions, I am there to answer any question possible. If they call and ask, you know, something about a, a repair that they've had done somewhere else or a repair that they're thinking about having done somewhere else, I always try to give them our side just as well so that way they have another opinion. And they also, they could always take it to another garage and have another professional check it out and see if the diagnosis was correct. Exactly. And in this case is probably what he should have done. Now he's traveling quite a few miles to come to see us to try to rectify this. The bad part about that is it happens way too often. Yeah, it does. So you need to, guys, when you're listening to us out there, you need to have a second opinion if you're unsure. You know, the uh, other thing that I'd like to bring up is we can't diagnose cars over the phone properly. Again, and this happens often, we shake our heads and we can't understand this. People think, and I'm not joking, that we can diagnose a noise in their car by them putting their cell phone or their house phone up to the car to listen to the noise. Now, how many times has that happened to you, Jim? Well, that's, that's happened quite a few times. But that's sort of the point where you have to just tell the customer, you know, that's something they would have to be actually looked at to see especially when it comes to uh, noises and a lot of running problems. You know, there, there's no way that you can even get close by going over the phone. But in some situations, uh, they actually, you can actually guide them in a direction as opposed to some of the garages out there, and I hate to say it, they're just trying to get in people's pockets and they'll try to sell them things that they truly don't need. Mm -hmm. And you know how many times we have heard from other technicians who have formerly worked at other shops that they're required to do a quota 
and well, that's I, wrong. I actually was in a shop like that at one point, and it didn't last very long. Really? They actually yeah, had yeah. you do a quota, huh? Well, it wasn't a quota, but it was, uh, you need to find something wrong with every car that comes in. Well, that's definitely wrong. Yeah, you can't, that's, that's definitely no way to be, so I quit immediately. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's that's not good. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out, Jim, going yes, over a few of these tips, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Well, thank you very much. Do you, do you have any words to the wise, to the consumers out there listening? Well, uh, like I said, arm yourself with as much information as, as possible because a smart consumer, you know, is the best consumer. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you again. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And you know the majority of the shops out there want to help you. They really do. They want to take care of you. They want to make you a satisfied customer. They want to give you the best possible experience for repairing your car. You know, they took the survey, and the survey said that people were more likely to want to go to the dentist versus getting their car repair. And this is all based on lack of knowledge. Remember, knowledge is power, and you need to know about your car. You need to be an informed car consumer, and that's what we're here for. So let's think of some other things that we can arm ourselves before we go into an automotive repair center, especially one that we're not familiar with or that we've had suspicions about in the past. Know what your symptoms are. Remember, ask those two questions. Why do I need this repair and how is this going to affect my car and how is it going to affect my pocketbook and how is it going to affect long-term relationship with my car? And remember, they need to talk to you in layman's terms. You can ask that question 10 million times. They shouldn't care. Their goal there is to, A, repair their car properly, and B, to make sure that you, the consumer, understand what's going on. This is extremely important because if you understand, you're going to be able to digest how this is going to affect your car, again, the word how, and it's going to make you a better car care consumer. Now let's go on to our email writer. His name is Jeffrey. And Jeffrey writes that he's been having a problem with his vehicle and he still can't get to the bottom of it, even though he's asked the technician and the service writer he's been dealing with multiple times, trying to get them to explain what's going on with this car. Well, you know, Jeffrey, we see this quite often. And like I mentioned before, when I was talking to Jimmy, We actually have somebody coming in in a couple of days so we can go over their paperwork and try to unravel what has been done with their car and what their car really needs. In your case, in your case, if you're not getting the proper answer or not so much the proper answer, but you can't comprehend what they're telling you, you need to get a second opinion and you need to ask those two questions. Just remember those two questions. It's very, very important. And you know, it doesn't need to be just for automotive repair. It can also be used for plumbing, for electrical, and around your house, all for landscaping. It doesn't matter. Those are just very, very useful words, especially when it comes to understanding your car, having your car repaired properly, and you being a satisfied customer. And the other thing is you need to be 110% honest with any shop, no matter how unscrupulous they are with the technician and the service writer. You need to give them straight skinny to try to rectify the problem with your car. Okay, one more example. I just can't help it. I gotta give you this example. We had a customer who came in 
and she needed some air conditioning work performed on her vehicle. Well, being a cost-conscious consumer, she called around and the dealership gave her a very low ball price. She called me back and she says, I have the price of the dealership. I'm going to go with them, which is fine. About two or three months after that, no more than three, she came back into the shop complaining that her air conditioning wasn't working. And I looked and I says, well, you know, you had this done at the dealership. And she goes, no, I want you to check it out. Well, the reason why the dealership was less money is because they cut a couple of steps and a part to repair her air conditioning system. And what had happened before, the compressor, an air conditioning component on your car, had locked up and it threw little pieces of garbage throughout the system. Well, they flushed the system, but they never replaced an accumulator or dryer, receiver dryer. And evidently some of this garbage got loose from this receiver dryer, which acts like a lint catcher in your clothes dryer, the same concept that catches all the garbage and the moisture and everything. And it actually worked itself back into the compressor. Compressor was locked up again and we sent her back to the dealership. Uh, Lesson learned, there's a reason for everything. Everything has a reason. And when you match apples to apples, make sure that the components that somebody's putting on your vehicle for less money, A, the right component, B, a quality part, because you're going to have this car for a long time, even though you think you're going to get rid of it in six months, you're not. And C, that the job's done properly with the proper procedures and parts. So you need to compare apples to apples. Don't go cheap. It'll come and get you in the long run. And make sure when you have the job done that you're satisfied with the results and that you know you're not going to go back and have it performed again. This lady, she uh, had to go back to the dealer. They had to redo the job. In this case, it was still under warranty, but she lost that time. She lost the time at my shop having us look at it. And she lost the time that she had to take it back to the dealer and drop it off and have somebody pick her up and then wait for the call, and then go get her car again. You cannot put a price on time. So see, there's another reason why to do the job right, do it with the right part, and do it with the proper procedures. And if you're just tuning in, this is Car Care for the Clueless. I'm your host, Pam Oaks. Please look in our archive section on Web Talk Radio to uh, check out our past episodes. This week, we're talking to Jimmy Shoemaker, ASC L1 technician on what the consumer should be asking the service writer or the technician in regards to having the car repaired. We have an email letter from Jeffrey and he had some issues about a car repair and as a consumer we are explaining what he needs to do. Of course we have our gadget guru back Peter Sudak and he's getting ramped up to have your vehicle prepared for the up and coming winter months. I don't know where the summer has gone. And we have our trouble service bulletins back. We have one for Mazdas and we have one for Hyundais. So let's get back to our show. Hello, this is Peter. Hey, Peter, this is Pam. How are you doing today? Hi, Pam. How are you? Good. So what type of gadget do you have for consumers listening in today? The common gadget is basically the lifeblood of the engine. It's uh, antifreeze. Antifreeze. Okay. Yep. Uh, there are several different types. Uh, they've got the basic green, which has been around for years and years for older cars. 
Yes. And then the manufacturers decided they all had to have their own different color and different formula antifreeze. So yes, they did. So then it went to, it basically went into a long-life antifreeze. Mm-hmm. So how long does it last? Five years or 100,000 miles. Well, that's good. Okay. Have their own special blends for their engines now, so we have to have a little bit each on hand just in case, you know, the cars need them, or if we do some coolant work on their car, we have to have some of that on hand. You can't just throw the green stuff in there and be on their way because it might damage the engine. Oh, okay, so remember not to mix them, okay. Right. Yeah, you cannot mix them at all. No, you got to stick with the same thing as what the car manufacturer requires. And you know that is important, and people don't realize that. And another thing, too, is they say it's long life, but it does break down. So after 100,000 or five years, time to exchange it, isn't it, Peter? That's what happens from what I've learned that I guess after five years or 100,000 miles, the turning it kind of into a gel so it's got to mm-hmm. be flushed out every five years regardless of mileage or if you're up to 100,000 you need to flush it you know if you're not up to the years yet because uh, it changes the chemistry of it and it basically it'll start clogging up the radiator then you end up you're going to end up overheating so that's something you need to watch for that well you know a lot of people don't even realize because of all the electronics in the vehicle that after a period of time, if you would put a voltmeter, a digital voltmeter, into the antifreeze and ground the other lead to the negative terminal, you'll actually pick up voltage in the coolant and or antifreeze because it's one and the same anyway, just different term depending upon how hot or how cold it is outside. Right. So you got to get that out of there too because of that charge. You have all those components and you don't want to skew the readings. And don't want to hurt the engine as well. That is, that would be correct. Yes. Well, you know that's a very sensible gadget to have for your car to have exchanged out. And you know, at the winter months approach, I recommend that you actually have your ASE technician take care of this. But you know, it's always good to have a jug of it, a gallon of it in your garage in case you have to top it off because there is evaporation. Yep. Because in the cold weather, you know, even here in Florida, we get our little cold spells here and there. I know we cry like a bunch of sissies when it gets down in the 30s and 40s, but up north it's like that constantly every day, and the antifreeze has got to be able to handle it, so it's got to be mixed properly, ratio with water. And, of course, you know, if you're not sure, your ASC certified technician also has these litmus strips that can tell you the pH level in the antifreeze, the lowest temperature in the antifreeze it, it's great we use them at work all the time yeah that's correct yeah they can they can check the condition of it by a visual flushing it out and getting the fresh stuff in there so just to just limiting any hassles for the week well the other thing that i recommend too is that uh, you have this done professionally because nowadays cooling systems and vehicles they're a little bit more sophisticated and there's a lot more places for those air pockets so People don't realize when you have a coolant system flush or you had a leak and you have to add that you actually have to burp right. the air out of the coolant system. Yeah, some some things have just, I've seen some vehicles that have just little bleeder screws that you yes. open up and you see right. little air bubbles popping out and then the antifreeze will come out. That means that spot's clear and sometimes they have two of them on there. Mm-hmm. And I've seen on some other cars where they have a, a little screw where you use a hex head tool to loosen it up to help bleed it out. 
and there's just different ways to do it. And they uh, also have a special uh, funnel that you put in there, which also helps bleed the system out as well. Yeah, you know, but you've seen you've seen the yellow funnel that they put in there. Of course, we all have them, but this is something yeah. that we don't want the average Joe or Josephine no, to do. Definitely, definitely not. Not on, especially not on the newer cars. On no. the older cars, there's usually thermostat open, you're good and done, and that's it. The newer cars, it takes a lot longer to do, and it's more time-consuming and a little more complicated because you've got to make sure you get all the air bubbles out, otherwise you're going to run into problems. So how much does this uh, cost, Peter? Uh, making, if you use plain, plain Jane antifreeze, I'm sure you can get it for five Nowadays, probably about 10 bucks a gallon at your local auto parts store. You know, the, the big box stores will have them. I mean, it's, it's a pretty common item if you need to get the specialized antifreeze like say for hondas or mercedes or bmws just for an example more than likely you will have to go to the dealership to pick this up and those those can run anywhere from i've seen from 20 to 25 dollars a gallon what you got to put in there you can't just throw a bottle of the green stuff in there and off you go because then you're going to end up putting engine damage yeah you will you end up with that goo in there and it's more money in the technician's pocket and less in yours, and not a good idea. No, absolutely not, no. Well, thank you, Peter. Thank you for joining us again this week, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Okay, well, I appreciate you having me on again, and I hope the antifreeze tips help. Well, thank you, and take care. Okay, Sam, thank you. And now let's get on with our trouble service bulletin section. This week we're going to talk about Hyundai Sonatas, and this ranges from 2006 to 2008, on vehicles equipped with an airbag system. And especially they want to concentrate on the passenger front seat. Of course, that's the right front seat, not the driver's. What is going on, evidently, they have a sensor that will detect if the passenger in the right front is a child or a child seat, And when you take it out and you put a regular size uh, adult or a teenager in there, if it's the specific weight and height for someone who should be sitting in the front seat, it's not recognizing this. So say either you or I were sitting in that seat and it's thinking that it's a child's seat and we need to have the bag deployed if we're in an accident, a front end accident, Sometimes it won't recognize it's us instead of that seat, and it will not deploy. So they are looking at approximately 393,000 vehicles with this issue. It's very important that you go to our Web Talk Radio front page for this week's episode. It will have the campaign number, it will have the Hyundai number, and of course the phone number for the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration if you don't get anywhere with Hyundai. So that is the ticket for that. And our next vehicle is going to be for a Mazda. This is going to be for a 2007 Mazda CX-7, a 2007 Mazda 3, a 2006 and 2007 Mazda 6, and a 2006 Mazda 2.3 four-cylinder. And what is going on here is they had a programming issue with the onboard emissions. And in layman's terms, that's how much fuel is being pumped or not being pumped into the vehicle to make it run fuel efficient to get your proper miles per gallon, MPG. So they're addressing this issue by doing a reprogram. 
And basically, you take it into the dealer, and they have a new calibration for the onboard computer that runs the engine. Another thing that the dealer will look for is that there is a calibration stick, and this is regarding this specific recall. Again, the recall bulletin number and phone numbers will be located on our WebTalk Radio front page for this week's episode. Mazda also states that if you've already had this repair performed and you paid for it, they have a reimbursement program. So that's pretty good too, guys. You get some money back if you've already done this. And again, you just need to get a hold of Mazda and we'll have the phone number on that front page. Well, it's that time again. I don't know where our half hour has gone. I appreciate you tuning in, and I'd like to give thanks to Jimmy Shoemaker, ASE L1 technician, who talked about uh, consumers and how they need to interact with their service advisors and or technicians. Of course, thank you, Jeffrey, for writing in about your vehicle, and I hope we've answered some of your questions. And of course, thank you, Peter Sudak, for giving us another car care economically priced gadget. And we'll talk to him again next week, along with another segment of Pam's Automotive Moment. And we'll have Pablo Sarmiento, L1 Master ASE, and we're going to discuss the difference between all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive on vehicles. Yes, we're going to be dusting those components off because winter's approaching and we need to make sure that this is in good working order so we can trudge through that snow for the next six months and again thank you jasper engines and transmissions 100 percent associate owned for sponsoring our show car care for the clueless and we appreciate all of you tuning in and our whole goal is to make you a savvy car care consumer thanks for joining us today Please make sure to come back next week for another edition of Car Care for the Clueless. And don't forget to look for Pam's book, Car Care for the Clueless, or How to Make Money While Maintaining a Vehicle. You'll find it on our website. Just click on the icon Host Website right in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page. See you next week.